Good morning or early afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide. I have a couple of tokens slash coins that I want to talk about today. One of them, I would say none of these are really true underdogs per se, but they may have gone under your radar, which is why I want to discuss them. But before I get into that, let's just go back over some previous updates. So I revisit some previous uh, information that was shared. And I think it's important before I go this route to consistently stress right now we're in what I would consider a bear season. We have a lot of resistance to buy and sell activity, mostly because of Christmas holiday. But I also think that tax season, which will be in the beginning of next year is making people sketchy. I think the whole congressional proceedings is making people sketchy. I think there's just a kind of this hold and wait pattern that's happening where it's not allowing significant growth. I do think it will pass eventually, but nobody really knows what the future will hold. So as we look at this and I talk about these things, I want to make sure that we are not under any circumstances treating this as don't freak out. Don't get all, you know, paranoid, terrified. Just understand that this is normal. There's, a lot to it, but it's normal. We should not treat it as anything other than the normal course of a thing and kind of move on from there. So let's first get into the easy stuff before we get into the more difficult stuff. Let's start off with SHIB. SHIB is down as is many other tokens and coins, so it's not unique to SHIB. However, what is somewhat unique to SHIB is that SHIB has done an aggressive, I'm saying a truly aggressive at this point, outreaching campaign. And they have not, despite every effort that they've done, they have not made significant progress forward. They're still stuck in kind of the, all, the original all-time high and have not been able to make significant progress forward. Well, that should not directly concern you except to say that it may be that I mentioned before in an older update that SHIB would have a hard time making significant progress using its current circulating supply and the total supply. It's going to be hard for that to move anywhere else. So if you are going to look at SHIB as an investment, treat it as one of those long-haul ones that may not necessarily make you significant amounts of money unless you invest significant amounts of money at this point. It doesn't mean it's not worth buying. What I am saying is that there's going to be a challenge for them to get past this hurdle. I called it before, and that's what we are seeing. So if you if you look at it and you're still interested in it and you haven't invested in it, I still think it's worth investing as part of the portfolio. I'm just saying it's long past the era where you might be made a millionaire overnight unless you already had significant amounts of money to throw at it to begin with. I leave that up to you to decide. On the Satama side, the audit's still progressing. I still I estimated mid-December. The audit percentages is down to 20% remaining of whatever it is that they're doing. So we're still on track in terms of my estimate of mid-December. That would be sometime between the 15th and the 20th for the audit to complete. And that's my estimate that is not coming from any official source. That's my estimate as a former auditor myself. So that would peg it as sometime next week or possibly the week after that. But I'm thinking sometime next week, late next week, and maybe early that following week that you would see an outcome. Could be that it doesn't happen. It could be that it's not going to happen until Q1.
But I'm assuming, and this is only an assumption, that the CERDIC team would be rushing to try to get it done before the end of, or, you know, before the um, holiday season, just to make sure that resources are freed up and everybody can just relax and breathe and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if that's truly going to be the case. I don't know if that's truly what's going to happen, but I'm still mentally in my, I'm still thinking that, yeah, there's got to be, they've got to be trying to push it before Christmas because most businesses would be doing that. Um, I could have it way off. I don't know. So that's Satama, and I, I'm still on target in my mind that mid-December would be realistic for that to happen. Now, let's move on to some other different things. Um, I talked about Shiv, talked about Satama. Let me talk about some other tokens that you should be aware of, at least, if nothing else. Uh, the first part is there's a token out there that you may have heard of or may not have, but it's starting to get some awareness because of its utility. It's called Raise Network. The Raise Network, I want to describe the network and then I encourage you to go and do some research. But the Raise Network, it was it was originated based on the Polkadot network. And what they're trying the problem they're trying to solve with their token and their e- economics is cross-chain privacy. So today I've described kind of how your public wallet works. Your public wallet, everybody can see your transactions. They may not be able to associate it directly to you individually, but they can see everything that you do. They can see every token that you hold. They can see how much you hold, and thus it makes it easier for them to scam you. What this is trying to solve is a service that is already available in many other places, but not necessarily as easy to access as you might think, and that is the ability to take tokens that you already have and essentially obfuscate the token such that your holding hasn't changed, but they're placed kind of in a stake that is not visible to the public blockchain because it's in a stake. Most staked tokens are not visible to the blockchain. So you have a different kind of quote-unquote wallet. It's not really a wallet, but it's essentially a secret type of quote-unquote wallet where your stake tokens are held so that it's always a private transaction. Then within this, you can still interact with the tokens like you normally would do. If you went to go and buy and sell, then they basically get, they come out of the other side in a totally different frame to where you can do the transactions, but now you can't trace the in to the out as easy as you can today. Today, you would link your wallet to Uniswap or PancakeSwap and you would do the, the transaction. It's all public blockchain information. In this one, you would say, okay, I know I need to trade to this token over here so you're going to give it over to this structure and when you give it to that structure we see it was sent there then from there it's basically converted into a different type and then stored in a different place so it decouples that transaction from your initial in when you go out you go in and say all right i'm ready to transact these and then it sends it out into a completely different framework now there's no connection between source in and source out that's the sales pitch of what they're trying to solve Now, they're trying to do cross-platform, which means that you should, in theory, be able to bridge over the different networks to do this. If you were to envision this in your head, picture that you have Ethereum as the token in your wallet, and you got $1,000 of Ethereum, and you want to buy some other token. When you send this into this, it basically mints an anonymized version of that same token for your transaction. After you're done with it, it then says, okay, I'm ready to transact. You redeem it, 
So after you redeem it, it comes back out in a different construct as a completely different, you know, the original source, but it's a completely different transaction chain now. Then when you do the transfer, the transfer does not expose how much was being sent or how much was being transacted. So there's a layers of there's layers of obfuscation that's happening with this, and it's an intriguing process that they're doing. And there's a lot to it more than what I'm describing. What I would challenge you to do is look into it because if they're able to perfect how this works, it solves the problem of trying to, you know, let's say if I'm obviously avoiding scams is one, but let's say I just want to make a large purchase right now that sets off red flags generally in certain areas, especially on the exchanges. This helps get away from a lot of that, but it also generally keeps you safe with some of the transactions and tokens you might be buying where you don't want that trace going on. Now, I suspect, just because I'm cynical this way, that the United States government will look at this and that they will try to get in front of it and they'll try to shut it down. Hopefully they don't, but that's my theory as far as what they're going to do uh, at some point later. But for right now, I think it's worth looking at. I think it's worth your time to just think about it and see if it's something that may make sense for your portfolio because if they're able to pull it off, it is going to be a strong performer just because of general interest in what we're talking about. The concept of privacy and security is something that has gone largely under the radar for the most part in the crypto community. And if anybody's able to effectively solve the problem but still not lose the general, let's say, stability and flexibility that it offers, they're going to win at the end on the back end. The second one I'm going to talk about is called Olympus DAO. And it, it's not fair to call it a token because it's kind of an ecosystem. But let me first describe the DAO. You may have seen DAO, D-A-O, mentioned on some platform somewhere and didn't really grasp what we're talking about here. A DAO stands for DAO is Decentralized Autonomous Organization. To summarize what a decentralized autonomous organization is at the core, I want you to think of it as kind of an investor pool where in this case, you've got basically just a structure and a strategy that's automated in the contract code that people are using their stake, however many tokens that they have, in order to vote on some initiative to put it forward. So that's an example of a DAO. So you might have a token that says, should we do this on our trading? Should we affect our price like this? Should we do this? And then Everybody in the community has an opportunity using their stake to contribute their vote towards a given project that they're going to do. So if you have a larger bag versus a smaller bag, obviously you have a bigger voice because there's more tokens. Basically, it's based on how many tokens are put towards option one versus option two versus option three in a voting structure and a strategy. That's one form of a DAO. Another form of a DAO is where you are using it essentially like a fund, right? You're using it to fund other operations. These are less common, but they're starting to become more of a thing, especially with the NFTs, where they're basically the backing source of money to come together so all of the different investors can pool their assets together to collectively buy as that organization, this DAO, some sort of a high-priced asset that you wouldn't be able to afford on your own. So if you think about how that works... If, let's say that there's somebody that's selling some ultra rare, you know, item, artifact, something, and no one person is interested, but let's say that 
multiple people in the community are interested in doing it and they want to buy it as a community. And then, of course, in the world of NFTs, you can own fractions of a thing. So you collectively as a group say, we want to pool our funds together in order to buy this. And then we will own it as a community. And our percentage of stake is however much we put in on that vote. That's the concept of what the DAO is doing is allowing, I don't want to say, I don't want to say democracy because that's not fair, but you're saying that all of us as a group together are pooling our funds together to make something happen as a entity, even if it's not an official entity, but we all have a percentage of stake. This is all based on what blockchain is able to do and the power of what blockchain can enable. Now, I think there's a kind of a slippery slope with it because doing this kind of thing, there's high risk of hacking. You could get hacked if it's not if it's not clean code, and that happened with the very first DAO. It was called the DAO, you know, almost a decade ago now. And it got hacked because the code was never built to sustain against that. And some of these DAOs are not true businesses, so if they don't do the due diligence to actually form it as a business and get legal and get registered with the IRS and so on, you can get in really big trouble with what you're doing with this amount of money coming all together. Now, I want to just step back and say that a lot of these DAOs fund things like nonprofits. Some may fund um, different charities. So there's certain use cases that are going to always be good. But I'm stressing that if you do decide to get into them, you want to be careful which ones you decide to come as part of. You can almost think of it in a way as some form of a self, like an employee self-serve pension that you're contributing your share of whatever into a, a pool that all of you are collectively contributing to. So I, I describe all that so you understand that there's different potentials around how the DAOs can work and they depend on what the contract allows you to do, but they're essentially shared assets you are collectively sharing assets which gives you more buying power because by yourself you may not be able to afford a thing it does require you set aside what you might otherwise individually want to earn to get whatever it is that you're trying to acquire enter olympus dow olympus dow is going to be very difficult i challenge you to do your research it's going to be a little bit challenging for you to understand if you're on the older scale because it looks like it was mentally thought of from a millennial slash hedge funds perspective. So I'm going to try to my best to simplify how this works. I talked about in a previous episode about rebase token. The rebase token, just to resummarize at the high level, is that it is targeting not about how many tokens you own or how many coins you own, but a certain preset expected value of your stake, of how much you have, how much you own, and your portion of the bigger pool is always the same. So if you put $10,000 in it, today that $10,000 might buy you a million tokens. However, as the value of the currency fluctuates, we don't want you to lose your $10,000 that you put in, but now you might only be worth 500,000 tokens, but so what? Your $10,000 is still the same value. That's the goal of a rebase token. The Olympus DAO, their token is called OHM, and what it tries to do is something very similar, but it's, it's correlated to bonds and to fiat and to certain commodities by saying that 
we will create our own treasury of this thing. You will give us your tokens. So you basically quote, sell us your tokens and in exchange, we will give you our currency. This is very similar to the way physical exchanges work. If you were to take us dollar and go to the UK and go to the local exchange, you would need to exchange to their local currency. And it's based on your, your equivalent dollar amount is the same, but the number that you get in, whether it's euros or pounds is going to be whatever it is based on what that rate is in the country versus what the U S dollar would be. So 10,000 U S dollars is 10,000 single bills. Obviously in euros, it might be way higher. It might be really lower. You don't care because you still got your 10,000. This is what the Olympus Dow and the OHM is trying to solve is we'll do a similar concept that you sell us certain of these tokens that are volatile. We will take that and we will take the value, your equivalent value, and we will issue you this currency in exchange. The, the second step then is that they want to try to make it stable using rebasing. So by doing this, you stake these tokens in their structure. And right now they have a lot of investors that have staked these because there's no reason not to, because they generate wealth by staking it. It drives the value up because they're taking out of circulation. The total supply hasn't changed and it actually has an infinite supply, just like Doge, but because the vast majority are staked, the value is driven up because what they've done is they've said, you're, we're just basically buying your tokens from you and giving you our token. And all we're asking that you stake what you get so that we can drive the value up and it becomes a long play. Now I want to, Talk about the numbers here because I think it's important that you really grasp what they've done in this structure. The total supply as of right now is just over a million tokens. That's not a lot at all. It's one of the smallest numbers. However, the self-reported circulating supply because they can only have self-reported it is significantly higher than the total supply. How is that possible? Because the total supply is not being updated for minting activity. So as they get over the supply and they mint new, the supply numbers will go up because there's new tokens being minted to meet demand and to offset inflation. That's the whole nature of the rebase is that you need to add new tokens in order to sustain the demand that's applied upon it. All of which to say this tokens all time high. And this, this token started roughly around, I want to say March, maybe a little bit earlier in April, it spiked almost immediately to just under 1500 bucks per as of, and then it dropped initially down to about 160, 170 right now it's trading around $600 per token. So, and then it fluctuates very widely now and it's got a market cap of just under a billion. So what this tells me, as I look at the numbers and the spread of the numbers is that initially based on what its performance looks like, this one is going to have extreme value shifts because of the demand that has not yet tapered off. There's still a demand, but you also have strong sell pressure in certain outlets because as that price skyrockets up, somebody might've only held, you know, a hundred tokens, right? If it's a hundred tokens and it skyrockets, to a thousand dollars, that person says, you know what? I'm good. hundred K I'm, I'm good. And I'm out. And then other people, they realize the long play of it. And they just say, I'm just going to sit on it. Let it appreciate value summary to this. 
this is one where it's very similar. It's not even like Solana because it's almost very similar, closer similarity to Ethereum in its early days, um, before the fork to Ethereum Classic. In the sense that it's going to be extremely volatile for a period. I suspect it's going to stabilize. To me, this is an extreme long play. I figure probably late 2022, you're going to see significant price upward movement. And I suspect that right now there's a lot of nervousness with it, primarily because of what's going on with Congress and crypto, because this structure and this strategy, it's basically trying to emulate the Federal Reserve to kind of dumb it down. So you're trying to take this crypto here and you exchange it for this crypto here, backed by this other stable crypto here, and then you're rebasing it to force stability, but you're your own treasury. It has its own treasury to it and its own minting. It's all controlled. And so there's really no direct fiat equivalent at this point. It's on the Ethereum smart chain, so you could translate it to a fiat. My point is, is that they purposely built a structure that is its own kind of minting and currency structure and strategy to to do that. So I, I implore you to look into this one because I, I think it's one to definitely watch for the long term and see if what they're doing is going to make sense for tokens going forward because if you're able to do something like this in order to drive strong value there's no reason others couldn't do it um and i don't see a downside necessarily other than the fact that the it has a wide um, variability with respect to its value you can buy it on uniswap if you want as an ethereum token or you can buy it through gate.io um, you can also get it through sushi swap i don't recommend it VKX, Hotbit, T, uh, excuse me, ZT, BitTrue, Decoin. Um, so it's available on a lot of exchanges. If you want to consider buying into it, I would strongly recommend that you do so from the exchange rather than Uniswap, save yourself the gas fees. But research it first. Please research it first. Don't just jump and buy it because it's super, super uh, volatile. So in summary, all of these tokens that are coming out now are getting more creative with their structures in order to appeal to more people and we're seeing creative ways to generate value which brings me to my final token that i will refresh on that i've covered before and i want to give you an update for and that's earn hub formerly known as safe earn earn hub has not officially launched however it's impending there they did a dao which was for voting and i would say almost unanimously people said let's go ahead and resume trading now what that means is that the moment that this guy starts trading again, there were a lot of people squawking chicken littles on social media and elsewhere that was squawking about not being able to sell because they see the prices spiking because all of them are staked. So the price is going up like crazy. And so there's going to be immense sell pressure when this thing unlocks. So they opened up a vote that said, do we want to reset back to zero, which means basically we're starting from scratch. We'll reissue the tokens and you would lose what we gave you. Because when we did this earn hub, and you staked it, they basically multiplied your bag by five times for nothing. They just did that. Okay, well, that spiked the value, plus people already staking spiked the value, and then demand spiked the value, and all these things spiked the value. So now people are saying, well, do you want to reset to zero, meaning we'll take away what we gave you, but everybody has the same playing field, meaning everybody can buy at the lowest possible price that's available at the time through the exchanges. Some people were afraid that bots would get in the way, and stop them from getting the best prices. To me, bots are easy to beat, but would it make sense to do that versus the alternative, which is just resume where we're at, deal with the dip that comes, because there's going to be immense sell pressure on this guy. 
But as I tell people, you just buy the dip and move forward, keep it moving, because the earn hub structure, and like I said, it did take my money. It eventually fixed itself, but it did take my money initially. But now it looks like it's doing what I wanted it to do, which is it took my token, it took my selection for any flect, and it said, okay, we're going to pay you in this one, and then I'll test that it actually gave me that token. If it did, great, and if it didn't, it took my money, and it is what it is. But as I see it, I see no reason not to. I see no reason to take the stuff out of it. It's not, I it, you know, it's a pretty decent amount of my portfolio, but it's not like the number one by any means. So for me, I can safely leave it there, and I would like to add more to it. That's kind of my goal is to add more into it, because if any flect works the way they describe, and the APY is as high as they say it is, I would go all in as a secondary source of just passive income and just let it sit there and not care about selling the tokens. It would make sense unless the token literally made me a millionaire, at which case I would certainly cash out like half of it just to have that in pocket that I can buy back in, you know, and just buy the dips to get back to a stake and not worry about it because that's a smart investment strategy. But my point is, is that the way that they handled the DAO in terms of the voting allowed the voices of the, of the investors to drive what their next step was going to be. And I thought it was a good model for what other tokens should really do, which is to use your investors as the driving force behind decisions that affect the project, as opposed to certain other tokens who shall remain nameless, who just rush off and do a thing and don't listen to the investors, and then they get pissed off when somebody calls them out on it. How about we do this DAO concept for voting and let the investors tell you what we should and should not be doing instead of you assuming it now? This assumes that your contract supports that. And many of the earlier contracts, like some of the tokens that are out there now that have been there for months, they never had a contract that supported it. So like even EarnHub is a brand new contract that enables this kind of structure. The old Safe Earn contract would not have supported what they're doing now. Many of the other older contracts, like the current version of Safe Moon, doesn't support it now and so on. So I understand that in those cases, you'd be forced to do the whole migration that I simply can't stand. But I'm giving this message for tokens going forward to start thinking about how we can better in, involve our investors in the steering of these tokens, especially as we move them to renounced ownership and community-based tokens, steer them in the right direction with a smart contract that can support these things, as opposed to you know one-off rogue leaders who are building cults and all that. So I'm giving I'm giving EarnHub kudos at least for the DAO. I'm celebrating that they seem like they're making progress in the right direction, and it looks like they're starting to get stable. They had some hiccups, as always, with migrations, but it looks like they're stabilizing, and if it's legit that the rewards truly do come in like they say they will, my plan is to invest even more, and then if it becomes the passive income source that I expect, I'll do nothing but praise them up and down the yin-yang. You know, for me, let's say, as an example, I'm just throwing out a random example. If this thing could make $100 a day, for me in just passive meaning I it's F money as it were passive income where me doing nothing but leaving the tokens there and it makes a hundred dollars a day and it doesn't require significant upfront investment to get there to me it's a no-brainer for everybody I would actively tell everybody to then jump on it because there's no reason not to you could essentially quit your job if you are a low to middle class person if you had enough money from like 401ks or something and go this route your 401k is not going to make you anywhere near that kind of stable income. And Social, Social Security certainly is not because it's basically a Ponzi scheme. So I'm telling you to look into EarnHub now 
at some point in the very near future, they're going to open up trading again. And if you like what you see, then I suggest that you consider buying into it and then leave it alone. Don't treat it as one you would sell. Again, if it makes you a millionaire, right, I'm not going to criticize you if you felt like it made sense or if you had a family situation you need to cash out. I'm not going to criticize you if you felt like it made sense to do it. I'm saying work not to have to do it. Try your best not to have to do it because I don't think it, it behooves you. But certainly, this is this is worth doing. It's worth looking at it. And I'm, I'm nothing but ecstatic over what I see. Uh, and I'm excited for the future and what these certain of these tokens are thinking of doing very creative solutions that they got going on out here. And that's what I got for you today. Um, I I likely will not have an afternoon update. Um, it depends on how certain of these tokens start to behave because I'm seeing some movement on a couple of them. But as of right now, I don't expect to do an afternoon update. So if I don't speak to you until tomorrow, so be it. Um, continue to research and do your topical investigations. Uh, as for probably next week, I'm thinking there will be, I'm, I'm closing in on getting a guest on the show, and then this guest is going to talk about one of the tokens that I've covered before. And I want this person to basically talk about where the token's going now because it had some rough times and it's coming out on the other side, but it's, it's price movement that's gone down, and I want to see what they hold in the future and then use that communication and that dialogue to hopefully encourage you to have confidence in the token and the leadership um, it's not the lead of the project, but he is basically the voice of the brand. So he will have hopefully as much information as possible. He's somebody that many of you may know, because if you're invested in the token, you've probably already seen updates from him. He has his own channel. And then this for me will be a basically a casual conversation. I like the project and what they're trying to do and what they talk about doing. And I understand the challenges that they went through and it looks like they're trying to fix those come on the back end and kind of rethink the project. And I want to dig into the structure and the strategy for the new project going forward, as well as what kind of things are going to be put in place to avoid something similar happening again in the future and give him that, that platform to just kind of talk it out. And then this may be with him, possibly one of the first that's a video podcast that would not, it would not feature me in frame, but it would feature him on the video side, just kind of talking about this stuff. So that's what I got for you. Um, keep it, keep it tight. I'm going to continue to do my research. You should do your research as well. And I will speak to you tomorrow.